Welcome to Biz Help For You with host Candy Messer. Entrepreneurs like to focus on the big picture, like profitability, success, and a smooth running organization. There always seems to be those little things like taxes, employee compensation, laws, regulations, and more. Now you can get the answers you need in one place. Join us today as we break it all down for you. Now, here is your host, Candy Messer. Hello, and welcome to Biz Help For You with Candy Messer. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you found the information on last week's show, Navigating Employment Laws, informative. If you are unable to join us and would like to listen to the show, a link is located under the episode directory on my Voice America page, as well as links for iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Spotify. If there are topics you'd find beneficial or questions you have, please feel free to reach out to me at media at abnp.com. I want to give you a little bit of background on Joy, and then we'll welcome her to the show so we can learn about how to become famous in your niche market. Joy Chudikoff provides guidance and support to help women live their greatest desired potential. She is heralded as the coach for women and has x-ray vision when it comes to helping women discover their big ideas, dreams, and goals. Joy draws from her own life and business experience to lead women in achieving success personally and professionally on their own terms. Joy is a professional certified coach, skilled group leader, highly sought after motivational speaker, and luminary thought leader. Her expertise as coach, consultant, and strategist is highlighted by the success stories and results she generates for her clients. Prior to launching Smart Women, Smart Solutions in 2005, Joy owned and operated a successful marketing firm. She decided to let that go for a profit in favor of creating a business that better suited her family first lifestyle. So Joy, welcome to the show. I'm so glad you're here with us today. Oh, hi, Candy. I'm so happy to be here. So I wanted you, of course, I gave a little bit of background on you, but that doesn't really tell your story. So can you give us a bit of your background and then how you decided to become a business coach after all that? Mm, wow. Okay. I'm going to try to make a very long story short, um, but I, I want to say for anyone who's listening, because I think sometimes when people are sitting and thinking that they'd like to start a business or they wonder if they you know, would like to be an entrepreneur. I did not grow up thinking I would want to be an entrepreneur. That's the first thing I always like to share with people. Um, I became an entrepreneur really out of a need. Um, I wanted to earn more money in the last job that I held, which was uh, over almost three, you know, three decades ago now. Um, And I was employed, just like maybe someone listening to the show. And uh, I found out that I was not going to get a raise that year and there were no bonuses. And so after really wrestling with that for a period of about four months, um, I just, I had an invoice come across my desk one day that wasn't supposed to because I, I didn't work in accounts receivable. And, um, just from that piece of paper, I got very curious. So my first tip for your listeners today is to always be curious. Uh, and that led me to start my first business. And that was a very successful company um, when I ended up selling it 12 years later to a competitor. It, uh, it was a global company and we were doing a few million dollars a year in revenue. Um, but I, I, I stopped 
I sold that company candy because I had my first child at 40. I had had my children late in life. I have two children. And I thought I wanted to be at home full time because I'd never been at home, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just realized very quickly into that, that I really loved business. I loved working. And so I decided to start a business to help other women entrepreneurs succeed because I found out there was a, a huge hole in the marketplace and, and the numbers were kind of astounding at how much help women needed to be successful in business. So did you always know that you wanted to work only with women or did you start also kind of helping men and then decided to narrow your scope? No, I, I started from the very first day I opened the doors to this business. I, I only worked with women. I At the time, Candy, there was a very prominent article that came out in Time Magazine. This is back in 2005. And there were three very diverse women, uh, diverse looking women on the cover. And it talked about how women were going to rule the world. So again, almost we're 15 years later, but there was a huge discrepancy and issue with the ability for women to build businesses that had revenues over $100,000 a year. And I had done that. So I knew that I had knowledge I could share with them. So I specifically wanted to help women. Well, that's fabulous. I mean, I, I knew your background have been, you know, working with women, but I didn't know you had specifically made that decision from the very, you know, beginning that that's what you wanted to do and why, but that's, you know, I love hearing that story of why. So obviously our topic today that we want to talk about is focusing on how to become famous in your niche market. So can you first explain your definition of what a niche market is? Mm-hmm. So a niche market is really where you um, drill down to and continue to peel back the layers of what your service or what your product, who it really serves in a very unique way. And so if you, let's let's say, for example, in my, and we were talking about, I initially said that I would work with women entrepreneurs. Well, that's not a niche market. Mm-hmm. That's a very broad market. So um, when I say niche market, in, my, in the example of my business, my niche market is specifically for women who are, um, who have a, re- a revenue track. They've created consistent revenue in their business and they're ready to take it to the next level. So that actually drills that down. So it's like, for your listeners, it's like thinking about an apple, a big juicy red apple, if you could think, visualize that in your mind, and taking um, an apple peeler and just continuing to peel back those layers until you get to the core and really figuring out what is your core client or customer need or want from you that you can provide in an exceptional, remarkable way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's important because I've actually heard people before who will say, like, oh, my customers are anyone with skin or anyone with a spine <laughs> or anything. You know, <laughs> it's like, right, right. It could, you know, yes, you can help anyone, but that doesn't let someone know, like, oh, you can help me in my specific situation. So it is good to have a more defined you know, person that you want to assist. And I, th- and I think too, that when people first start out in business, we're, we can, our natural tendency is to not to want to, to niche down because you're worried that you're going to lose valuable revenue, right. And sales. Mm-hmm. And, and actually you will, over time, you're going to generate more sales and more profit for your business. If you niche down as, as much as possible. 
Well, and that was a thought that I'd had too, because I know a lot of people when they're starting a business are so concerned about how much income am I going to have? So I should just kind of take anyone that comes in the door and then, you know, maybe later on I can, you know, figure out who it is I want to serve. So you're recommending, it sounds like really think about that from the start, although they still may not be able to only accept them at first, but really think about that from the beginning so they can start marketing to those people and hopefully draw them in faster than slower. Yeah, absolutely. And and uh, yes, in the beginning of any business, you're going to take, you know, you're going to sell to customers that may be outside of your niche market. You're going to take clients that may be not an exact fit because you really need to uh, do whatever it takes to keep your business going to keep your business open and one of the uh, exercises or quick tips I'll share to help you niche down is to um, keep notes you know when I first started this business um, nearly 15 years ago I used to keep notes on what went well in that in that meeting with that client what didn't go well why did I like that client why did things seem to just have great energy and seem to move seamlessly and so I started to shape my 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 niche or my ideal client from keeping those notes and records uh, when I first started out. So I would highly recommend that to anyone listening if they're not sure what their niche market niche market is. That's a great tip to really just keep track of your interactions and results with clients that you've been working with in that industry you want to be in, and then use that to create your market you know, your marketing pieces or how you want to attract those people. That's a really good idea. And then, so like I said, start with kind of whoever comes, but people also need to realize that just because you're marketing to a specific niche doesn't mean that someone outside of that wouldn't come to you and you, you know, couldn't work with them. It's just, it's easier for you to attract the people in that market if that's who you're talking to. Yes, and in today's market, because we've got so much coming at us all day long, as you know, Candy, you're a business owner, between social media, uh, the news, um, all these online messages, uh, it's real important to be brief, concise, and to the point. And the only way to do that is with, with really drilling down who your, who your ideal client or customer is. So if someone's starting a business, like how would you recommend that they determine what that niche should be? Is it, you know, just like a certain passion they have or a need they see? Like, what would you recommend if someone came to you and said, I don't know who I should be marketing to? Uh, Well, first of all, I would ask them quite a few questions about what it is they're getting ready to offer, the product or service. You know, when I started my business 15 years ago, I... um, I talked to a lot, I surveyed a lot of women, and I don't mean just through a survey monkey or an online survey tool. I took women to breakfast, lunch, we took walks. I did a lot of surveys of, of people who I thought would be my ideal client to find out what their needs were and to also hear them describe it in their words. Because it's important in your marketing and branding to use your clients and customers' words that they would use to describe their problem. So mm-hmm. if someone came to me and asked me, Um, you know, how to find their niche market, I would really want to drill down with them. What exactly are you promising that your product or service will do? Now, when we find out what that is, um, then who needs that product or service, right? Who most needs that? Um, Mm -hmm. And then you you can sort of define and go after those people. Does that answer your question? Yes, and I think sometimes what gets difficult, like even for me, 
what I've had in the past is where someone will say, you have to identify that one person and, you know, where do they live and how old are they and, you know, how many kids do they have? And like that for me was harder, but that maybe isn't necessarily what I need as much for what I do versus maybe someone who's going to be a coach in like your position, right? Where, you know, I want to work with women who are, you know, at this level of income or, or different things like that. For me, I actually looked at kind of other factors that I find are important for us to be successful. So it's not necessarily, you know, men or women, or it's not, you know, necessarily they're in a certain age group, but it's like, if it's a larger business too, and they have managers that are involved with us, like that we can get information easily from them. It's easy to work with them. Um, You know, when we're asking for information that we need to do the bookkeeping or, you know, if they're going to add new employees, we need to get information quickly so we could be prepared to actually provide the information and meet our deadline. So it's someone who can easily, you know, get us what we need, is easy to work with, appreciates what we're doing and doesn't just see it as, oh, I have to get my taxes done. And so Mm -hmm. I'm going to use your service because it's, you know, what I have to do. Like we really enjoy the people that see that what we're doing is valuable too. And really we build relationships with them. We don't want it to just be a transactional type of thing. We want to build relationships with our customers too. So for that, for me, that's more kind of what I'm looking at rather than they live in a certain area or they're this age or they drive that type of car, right? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I think it depends on the business you're in. and it, it does. It depends on if you're selling a product. It depends on if you're selling a service. I mean, there's a lot of things that go into that. Um, one of the things that I will, that that's sort of coming up for me right now as we're talking, Candy, is for those people listening who may have not started a business but are thinking about it, um, It's also important to start a business doing something that you really enjoy. And here's why. Uh, Don't start a business just because you think you want flexible hours and you want to make more money. (laughs) Because uh, being an entrepreneur is, it's not nine to five. Mm -mm. It's entrepreneurship. We don't know what day of the week it is. It's whenever it needs to get done. And here's the other reason why you want to start something that you enjoy. Because someone else who does really love what you're doing, you may have started it to make you think you're going to make a lot of money or because you feel like it's going to give you more flexibility in your day, um, a person who really loves the industry that you've entered, they will outwork you, they will outsell you, and they will just outdo you in every way because when you, when we love what we do, and I love what I do, when we love what we do, it, we don't even think about the day of the week. It's just 24-7. Right. Um, so I just wanted to bring that up also. Well, and it's, you know, a good reminder for people too. yes, you hear these stories about entrepreneurs and they're only working, you know, half days and on the golf course half the time or whatever. And the entrepreneurs I know, that's not the case, right? You know, we're all working hard and putting in more hours than maybe we should. But like you said, we kind of enjoy what we, we do enjoy what we're doing and the clients we're serving and the results we're giving them. And it is more than a nine to five Monday through Friday. I mean, I dream about it. I'm sure you do too. (laughs) You know, I think most entrepreneurs I know, we, you know, don't just even shut off when we go to sleep at night. Our brains are going and thinking about things too. So it isn't, like you said, I want to just have an easy life. And so I'm going to be an entrepreneur (laughs) because that's not often how it works. So I think, you know, Candy, there is such a thing as a lifestyle business or a business where someone just has a, a, a passion project that's a hobby. And, you know, a great deal of the studies show by the American Express uh, Small Business Association 
that over half of the businesses started by women at this time in our country um, are more of, you know, a lifestyle business or a passion project. And so that's just fine. I think what's important for entrepreneurs to know is to be able to distinguish between the two um, what they're building and what it is there, why they started their business and what they want to accomplish. Perfect. They're just, you know, just figure out their passion how they want to use that to impact others around them and the benefits that those customers are going to receive from them by who they're marketing to. And that will help them also define who they should be working with instead of just the broader population. That's fabulous. Um, So I think that just leads us back to talking about the ideal client. This probably will be our last question before break, but um, versus just having a niche market, and we were talking about this a little bit before, but how would you coach someone to determine their ideal client? So I think there are a couple things. Number one, as I mentioned earlier, it's important to really take good notes and observe where you're getting the most traction, you know, by saying what, what went well, what client really uh, enjoyed what we did together what clients really love that product that I'm selling where we got the greatest reviews? That's the first thing I would, I would say to someone. And then I'll give you three others. Um, you know, number one uh, or number two, know your industry. You have to, you know, that's one of the things that I coach a lot of my clients on is that sometimes they, they're not really looking at uh, their industry as a whole. Know your industry inside and out. So for you, Candy, you know, the bookkeeping industry, the accounting industry, for me, it's the, you know, the coaching industry, women in business. Know your industry well because then that leads you right into step three, and that is know what's missing in your industry. If you can determine what's missing in your industry and you can become the linchpin, you can solve that problem, you're, you're, you become unstoppable. You become unstoppable in your business and in your industry because you become the go-to gal or the go-to guy Uh, for that. Um, I'll give you a perfect example. I knew what was missing in my industry five years ago, and we set out to change that, and that was really the personalized follow-up, hands-on approach with clients. And that was something that we sort of pride ourselves on, you know, our response time, our follow-up time, our, you know, high-touch, hands-on Uh, follow-up and reaching out. So take a look at, if you're listening, take a look at what is missing in my industry and how can I change that? And then the fourth step is really know how to stand out. And um, I can give you some some examples on how can I, out in the marketplace, really stand out? What are are some of the tips and tools that I can use? Okay, that's great. So uh, it's time to take a break. Uh, When we come back, we're going to continue to chat with Joy about how to become famous in your niche market. You're listening to Biz Help For You with Candy Messer on Voice America Internet Radio. We'll be right back after this brief commercial break. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Are you up late at night after a long day's work trying to do your bookkeeping? Are you frustrated with your lack of QuickBooks knowledge or feel you don't understand it at all? Do payroll tax calculations and reporting stress you out? Whether you're a sole proprietor or an officer of a corporation, affordable bookkeeping and payroll services is here to help. 
We work with overwhelmed entrepreneurs to remove the burden of bookkeeping and payroll tasks, giving them peace of mind and the freedom to do the parts of the business they love. Our bookkeeping clients include service-based businesses, such as medical offices, fast food restaurants, landscapers, and gyms. We also assist franchise owners to create the necessary reports to submit each month. We are a full-service payroll company, assisting clients of 1 to 120 employees. We offer full and self-service options. If you're ready to offload tasks that burden you, reach out to us today at 310-534-5577 or email contact at abandp.com. Call us today. Have peace of mind tonight. Today we live in a truly global environment. Business can more easily be conducted now in almost any part of the world. How do you, as a business owner or professional, navigate the ever-changing business landscape? Tune in to Leadership Beyond Borders with host Kimberly J. Lewis. With a worldwide resource of guests, you'll find out what opportunities and challenges surround diverse and virtual organizations. Listen live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to BizHelp for You. If you have a question or comment about the show, send us an email to media at abnp.com. That's media at abandp.com. Now, back to BizHelp for You. Welcome back to BizHelp for You with Candy Messer. In the last segment, Joy Chudagoff told us about her background and how she got into coaching entrepreneurs, and we started discussing our niche market. Now, let's find a bit more about how to become famous in your market. So, Joy, once someone determines the niche they want to serve, how do you recommend they market to them? Mm, that's a great question. So when you when you determine who you want to, to market to, who you want to serve, who your ideal client or customer is, you want to really dial into where they are, where are they showing up every day? What's their what are their habits? And and as you continue to dial, you know, drill down into your niche candy, you should know the answers to these questions. It should be on the tip of your tongue. You know, so is my um, you know, is my target market on uh, social media? If they are, which channels? Because not everybody's not on every channel. There's typically one or two channels where they are all the time, right? Mm-hmm. So for myself, I'm always on Instagram or Facebook, right? Um, and I, I, I have a presence on LinkedIn and Twitter, but you won't find me there as often as you will the other two. Um, you need to look at, you know, sending out uh, email newsletters. I know a lot of people feel that email newsletters um, are dying a slow death, and I will tell you that that couldn't be more untrue. <laughs> uh, email newsletters are still very popular, um, and if you provide great content, 
that mm-hmm. and brief content to the point content people will read it in your market. Um, another tip I will give you is, and this is one that I talked about social media first, and of course email newsletters, but. One of the greatest ways to grow your business is to find out where your niche market is going, um, you know, offline, what types of events, what types of conferences, uh, and make sure that you are showing up there. I am a big believer in creating relationships and connections in person. Mm-hmm. That has been the number one uh, tool that I have used to grow my business over the last 15 years. Mm-hmm. It's important. Yeah, it's very important. And I know that that with the, you know, with the ease of this digital market that we're in these digital times, it is something that can fall off the radar. Uh, but I set a goal every month to connect either for breakfast, lunch or dinner or drinks or a walk or something uh, with a minimum of four people per month. Mm, Do it. Yeah. Do I hit that target every month? I don't. But by setting a goal of four, I always um, connect with at least two. That's good. And I think it's important for people to think about, too, it doesn't always also have to be like meaning that person that is your target market, but someone that maybe works with someone in your target market, too, so they can get to know you and who you serve and what types of things you can help their customers with too. And then you can build those relationships with those, you know, power partners, you know, what, I don't know if you call it anything else, but that's how I kind of call it too, power partners in your industry. So if they have a client that has a need that you serve, they can also be that introduction. So it's important to even build relationships with them as well. Absolutely. It's, it's important to, to build relationships with, I love power partners, your, you know, centers of influence People who are also widely connected and network and, ser- and serve your client, but not in the same way that you do, mm-hmm. that's very, very powerful. Now, one thing I want to add to that, Candy, is um, when a lot of times we have to go out to network with the right goal in mind. And to, for the right goal to be in mind, it means that we're going to c- connect and serve other people it's not just to connect and serve ourselves right and yeah I've had you know a few clients over the years I did that but nothing happened well how many people did you make a referral to Um, you know I said earlier that I set a goal to meet with four people I also set a goal to make four referrals every month Mm -hmm. well I think when you are thinking about them and how you can help them too and you're giving you know, to them and helping them as well, they in turn want to help you too. You know, they may not easily be able to, not everyone can just, you know, be able to refer back to each other. But like, if they know that you're genuinely trying to help them too, they do want to help you if they can, right? So that's the reason that, you know, you're not trying to say like, it's all about me and what can you do for me in the long run? It really comes back to you if you've built those relationships and you really want to help someone, you know, connect with, the people that they can help and those clients will appreciate those introductions as well because if they have a need and you can introduce someone that can help them it's easier for them than finding them on their own that's right yeah very very important and you know it's it's just reaching out letting people know that you're thinking about them I was um I worked with a a group of women last week 
uh, a group of women entrepreneurs from Women Founders Network. And I was, one of the women does, uh, you know, sells merchandise or clothing that's handmade by, uh, you know, from women who are, who are refugees who've come to this country. Mm. And I knew a store that, I knew that there was a store that could potentially help her, but I, Candy, I could not in the moment think of the name of it. So it's interesting. This morning, it, I ju- it just popped into my mind. I had a very busy morning this morning, but I, I took the time to send her an email to say, hey, here's the store. I remember the name. Here's the link. Here's the name of the person who owns the store. Why don't you stop over there and tell them I referred you? That's mm. make that's that's really serving another person, and it, it also helps me stand out. And that's what your listeners should be thinking about: How do I stand out among all the noise in the industry? So when people need my service, they'll think of me. Right. Yeah. So we were talking earlier too about you know different platforms for social media and figuring out where you should be you know so obviously business owners have very limited time for marketing because they're actually still working you know in their business not just on their business too especially if they're new in business so what would you recommend to someone in that position to determine what channels they should be using with the time they have to promote their products and services? Maybe they're not sure even how to know who's on what channel. So what would you do to coach them on how to figure that out? Sure, sure. So, um, you know, there's a, there are very specific statistics that you can find out online very easily through Google about which platform is serving for the most part which demographic. Uh, so you can always look that up, but a better, I think, a, so that's one thing, but a better tool would be to always ask your clients and customers and, um, you know, and your your close friends and colleagues, ask everyone, what are your top two go-to platforms where you spend time? Mm-hmm. You want to hear it from the actual client, the actual customer. So, you know, I'm a big fan on doing uh, surveys, you can't make them very long because people don't have time. But if you if you send out a poll or a survey every once in a while asking one to three questions, um, you can find out a lot. And I think just determining where people spend their time, they will tell you. So let me give you an example. My client base, those, those women are not on Pinterest. Mm-hmm. There's no point in me marketing there. They're not there. But I was speaking with a colleague the other day who has a whole tribe of women on Pinterest, but she's serving a different target market, okay? So I would say that you have to really know and start to ask people, but think about what, you know, where are those people, you know, where are they looking? You know, Instagram, obviously Facebook owns Instagram, so uh, you should... If you're on Facebook, you should be on Instagram. Probably a lot of the same people. There's crossover. Uh, if your clients, if you're in a B2B business or a B2C business, you know, um, B2B especially, you're going to want to be on LinkedIn uh, because, or you're dealing with corporate clients. You're mm-hmm. going to definitely want to spend time on LinkedIn as an example. Yep. That's great information too because like I said I think sometimes it feels so overwhelming when people are like you know there's all these different things out there should I be on Twitter or Facebook or LinkedIn or 
you know, Pinterest or Instagram, you know, there's so many. And like you said, there's more that are coming out all the time and younger kids are doing Snapchat or whatever, you know, and like you said, if that's your market, maybe you need to be there. But most of us, probably that's not where we need to be. But just figuring out, there's so much to know, though, not just which platform, but when should you be posting, you know, or what content should you be posting? And do you recommend even potentially like paying for ads on those platforms too, or just, you know, trying to do your general posts and see, you know, how your following goes? You know, we've done both, so I can speak to both of those. Um, I think that, and this, you know, this could get into a whole uh, social media training, which I I know we're not, that's not what we're doing today. We're doing niche market, but, Mm -hmm. um, you know, so if you're on Instagram, you've got to make a good use of your hashtags and know which ones your target market is using. And and you can do that just by, you know, taking a cup of coffee and sitting down for 30 minutes and going on to Instagram and figuring out, you know, which hashtags to use. Um, But I think that, it's good to post organic content. I will tell you that gone are the days where you can set it and forget it. Mm-hmm. If you talk to anyone who says, oh, I have a company where you, I'm just going to take all your content and you can set it and forget it, you should really turn around and walk away because you have to constantly be looking to see what's working and what's not working. Um, you know, social media channels, followers want you to be transparent. They want you to share things about you so they can get to know you and see if they really are attracted to you or attracted to what you're doing. So I, I know I post a, uh, it's a real mix of business versus personal. So I blend the two together. Um, and I would say we've also run ads, you know, I have a uh, a free report. It's a 33-page, uh, very expansive free report, and we've run ads. What I like about an ad budget, let's say, for example, on a face, Facebook or an Instagram, is you can set your budget very clearly. Mm-hmm. So you can make it a small budget and uh, just see what happens. And once you reach that budget per day, they can't. you can't go over it. It stops running. And that's one of the things I like because it's a great way to experiment. Mm-hmm. Well, and then that's where coming back to having your niche or ideal client figured out is helpful because if you're going to pay for ads, you want to make sure it's going to the right people. So if you can determine, you know, okay, I serve in your case, you know, you serve women probably in a certain age group at a certain income level or, or things like that, you can actually put that information in there. So then your ad is going to be, you know, sent to people that are in that niche or that you know what you're looking for those categories versus someone just saying I don't know who I serve I'm just going to put out an ad for the services I offer and see who sees it right that's right that's right you know. yes I would highly recommend your your um, digital media time be spent organically and transparent until you figure out your target market and then you could set a budget to run some ads but not before because you really probably won't get the right people Mm-hmm. And then I haven't really done ads or anything myself yet through any social media. Um, I know there's analytics or things. Can you just touch on that really fast? Like, what have you experienced? So for some of us who maybe haven't done it yet and not sure how to do it, like, what's what should they be looking at or, like, results in terms of the ads? Yeah, that's a great question. And, uh you know, I personally, I will tell you, when we when we do ad campaigns, uh, I have a team of people, but we sub that out to a social media uh, partner that we work with because that's not our expertise. So we don't 
we don't try to pretend that it is or uh, and I want to get the you know make the best use of my time and dollars doing that but for, but I will say on an ad campaign because it's a very cold market right mm-hmm. um, you're only looking at about a one to two percent return mm-hmm. uh, okay. and you, and you do want and if you can get that if you could cultivate that one to two percent by giving good content that's the key creating mm-hmm. the relationship giving great content then after you give them something for free then you could work them into buying something from you that would provide them uh, the answer to the problem that they're having mm-hmm. right does that make yeah right right so that's when you're putting those together, again, going back to your niche market, figuring out, again, what their problem is that you can solve and talking to, you know, that need. And then when they see that ad, then they're like, oh, that's me. I need to reach out. Yes, that's right. That's me. I need to reach out. And so I would say to people is when you start, if you do start doing some sort of an ad campaign, once you have your niche market, you don't want to go in offering something that's a high ticket item because you're just beginning to build the relationship with them. So it should be something that's helpful to them. That's, uh, you know, either free or minimal cost because you're building the relationship and then they start following you and liking your content. And then they will continue to buy um, other items or other services from you down the road. That's perfect. Yeah. Make it an easy entrance for them to say, oh, okay, I can invest in this and it's not going to cost me too much of my time or my dollars and then continue to build that relationship with you. Yes, that's perfect. Okay. Well, it looks like it's about time to take another break. Um, So be sure to hang around and hear more from Joy Chudikoff of Smart Women, Smart Solutions, and we'll be back in just a few minutes. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Are you up late at night after a long day's work trying to do your bookkeeping? Are you frustrated with your lack of QuickBooks knowledge or feel you don't understand it at all? Do payroll tax calculations and reporting stress you out? Whether you're a sole proprietor or an officer of a corporation, Affordable Bookkeeping and Payroll Services is here to help. We work with overwhelmed entrepreneurs to remove the burden of bookkeeping and payroll tasks, giving them peace of mind and the freedom to do the parts of the business they love. Our bookkeeping clients include service-based businesses, such as medical offices, fast food restaurants, landscapers, and gyms. We also assist franchise owners to create the necessary reports to submit each month. We are a full-service payroll company, assisting clients of 1 to 120 employees. We offer full and self-service options. If you're ready to offload tasks that burden you, reach out to us today at 310-534-5577 or email contact at abandp.com. Call us today. Have peace of mind tonight. If you are interested in the business of rental equipment, be sure to check out Rental Equip Talk Radio with host Donald Charbonnet. We talk to some of the top names in the rental industry, as well as cover topics that include safety, training, fleet management, legal issues, and more. We'll also cover the history and future of the rental equipment industry. Rental Equip Talk Radio can be heard live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. 
Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are listening to BizHelp for You. If you have a question or comment about the show, send us an email to media at abnp.com. That's media at abandp.com. Now, back to BizHelp for You. Welcome back to BizHelp for You with Candy Messer. Today, I'm chatting with Joy Chudikoff of Smart Women, Smart Solutions. So let's find out a bit more information to help us become famous in our niche markets. So, Joy, how does someone actually be seen as the expert in their field so they can become famous for the niche that they want to serve? Mm, that's a great question uh, with a lot of a few different answers. Um, but some of the ways that you can become really famous in your niche market is to really use your voice. Uh, use your voice. And what I mean by that is use it um, by maybe public speaking you know that has been a huge tool for me over the years Um, speaking in front of audiences where I know that my ideal target client or customer resides uh, or attends Uh, so speaking if you don't if you feel like gosh public speaking is not something that I'm ready for it's not something I'm that comfortable with uh, it could be through doing um uh, you know, uh, uh, blogs are still very popular. The, you know, social media, getting on social media, doing video. Video is very, very popular on social media and it pulls very well. So, or do an audio, do a podcast interview or a radio interview, just like I'm doing with Candy, letting people know that you'd like to come on and share your expertise so you can reach a wider audience. Uh, I think writing a book, a small ebook even, could be helpful. Uh, it's just about getting out and having that visibility and getting results. The other thing I, I think I want to share here, Candy, is, and I find this to be so true with so many of my clients, when I ask the question, uh, will I find your results or testimonials or case studies about your work with your clients or, or, or your product results, well, I find that on your social media or on your website, so many times I, I get met with silence on the other end of the phone. Mm. And people don't ask their clients and customers enough for their results. And that's what people really want to see. Right. That's true. I'm kind of bad about that, too, although I've gotten a little bit better. And recently I had a few people who sent an email, you know, maybe they had a question or needed something and I did it. And then they wrote back and they're like, oh, you're awesome. Thanks so much. And I was like, oh, if you'd ever like to, you know, put something on, there's LinkedIn, there's Yelp, there's, you know, people don't think about leaving reviews for their bookkeeper often they think about restaurants or you know things like that and then they're like oh yeah sure I can do that for you and so one person uh literally like I think within an hour or two of me saying like oh well what you just told me was you know so wonderful would you be willing to share that Mm -hmm. and she went to Yelp and posted it so I need to be better even about asking for that or, you know, some people maybe aren't on social media, but would you be willing to, you know, send that to me in an email and I can put it on my website. I need to even be better about that myself. I think sometimes we're afraid to ask, mm-hmm. but it's easier when they've just been like shouting your praises already to you, right? Like, oh, it was amazing. It's easier for me at that point, but I need to do better. Even if someone hasn't thought about it, like, would you be willing to share your experience, you know, of how we've helped you? 
Mm-hmm. Yes, I love that. And I I'm thank you, you know, I love that you're transparent about that. And we can all, you know, forget that we're in, we're in the moment. But uh, as a business owner, we want to try to ha- make that top of mind as often as possible, because that's really what people uh, like to hear about. They like to see other people's results. Mm-hmm. And know that someone similar to them has been served by you and they got what they needed, right? So it helps them make that decision because, you know, they've heard someone was in my same kind of situation. It doesn't even have to be exactly the same, but, you know, I see that they said they were dealing with this. They went to Joy. She helped with this. And now they're at this level, you know, and it makes it easier, which I actually was thinking when you were talking um, a little bit ago about, you know, you could do public speaking, you could have your blog. I actually wanted to share that's originally how I met you too, is that you were speaking at an event. I signed up for your newsletter. I was getting your newsletter for a while. Then you presented at a conference I was at. Then I signed up for your mastermind. You know, it's like mm-hmm. I'd been kind of following you for a while, got to know who you were over a period of a couple of years, probably. And when the timing was right, I was like, okay, I'm ready for this program. So I think like you're saying, just doing the few things that you think maybe aren't even making an impact, but you're starting that relationship, it definitely can help. Oh, yes, absolutely. Just starting the relationship with someone and, uh, again, you know, reaching out occasionally, checking in on them, and uh, it's, it's very true. And just always providing great content. That's mm-hmm. the key is just remember people are starving for really great content. Mm-hmm. Something that they can apply to their business or their personal life or whatever it is, but something they could read and be like, that's for me and this is what I need to do. Right. That's right. So we try to help people know, you know, there's always ever-changing laws or deadlines or things. And a lot of people, we're helping them with those already. They're using us to do it. But there's a lot of people out there trying to do it themselves. So we're just trying to make sure everyone's aware of, you know, this is what you have to do now. Or even if it's just reminders, a lot of people get overwhelmed. They forget. So just trying to keep them, you know, informed of what needs to be done is helpful. Sure, sure. So we talked about a lot of things that could take time, you know, we were talking about social media, marketing, writing newsletters, all these different things. So how would you recommend an entrepreneur go about finding the support they need to expand their business as more people find out about them and the products and services they offer? Uh, Well, I think that, are you saying to support them as a business owner? Right. Like building their team, whether it's employees or, Mm. you know, I know you don't have employees, but someone that can actually help them do what they need to do in their business so that they can serve the customers that are oh, coming. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So, and, and you can, and the only way to grow a business and a mission and a vision is with a team. Mm-hmm. You know, I have uh, two people who work with me on my team, but they're independent contractors. Uh, I could not do this without them as a matter. I mean, I always give them all the credit for everything. Really. Uh, it's, it's true. I, I wouldn't be where I am today without my team. They've been with me for years and years and years. Uh, we were very strong, but you want to make that first hire. And then from that, you want to build on that. And um, you want, you have to have other people around you. And so you say, okay, I'm, things are happening. I'm getting traction. It's growing. Uh, how do I know what to hire for? You want to outsource right away the things that need to be done in your business, but they don't need to be done by you. Mm-hmm. That's the first thing 
that you want to do. As a matter of fact, one of the exercises I take a lot of my clients through is I have them for a whole week keep track of everything they're doing in their business, everything, down to, you know, ordering supplies from Staples Mm -hmm. online or something. And then I have them at the end of that time circle with a red pen only the items that they can do. So Mm -hmm. the only thing that gets circled in red is the things that only you can do. And then I tell them that over time, everything else has to get outsourced if they're on a path to grow. Mm -hmm. So um, the first thing that I outsourced, you know, uh, 12 years ago was uh, technology because I don't enjoy it. It's, it's not my wheelhouse. Um, and I, I brought someone onto the team who's still with me today who loves technology and makes everything look beautiful and gets everything scheduled and set up. And um, it, it's a perfect, you know, it's a perfect relationship. So it's about you being able to, over time, step out of that uh, renegade entrepreneurial day-to-day role and hire, bring people onto the team that can help you grow the business. And I will say the first thing I look for is not their skill set. The first thing I look for when I'm talking to someone and I advise my clients to do the same is look for attitude. Look Mm -hmm. for attitude and their energy level around your mission. That's more important actually than skill set. That's true. A lot of things can be taught, but you definitely want to have the willingness to help you and see your mission. Yes. Mm -hmm. So, is there any other tips that you can give to the listener regarding, you know, how they can be, you know, famous in their niche market? I, I think that, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a big question. I could, I could talk for an hour on it, but just in the, <laughs> t- in the time that we have, I think that as an entrepreneur, what you, what you must realize is that you do need to take an action step towards reaching your ideal target market every single day. So Mm -hmm. um, every day you need to be doing something, whether it's, um, you know, being a a guest on a show, like I'm here with you, Candy, or whether it's um, creating uh, an email newsletter or posting to your digital channels where you know your ideal target client is. There has to be a lot of activity going on in your business in order for it to grow. So how do you choose what, to do. Um, One of the things that I do, this might help your listeners, is I make a list every Sunday afternoon. I make my list for the week of Mm -hmm. all the things that I have to do in my business. But I can't do all those things every day. So what I do is I'm I'm a big meditator. I meditate in the mornings. And then I choose every day the top three highest value activities that I can do today that when the day is over, I'm going to feel like it was a successful day. Mm -hmm. So there may be 10 things on the to-do list, but I feel good if I get those top three things done. So what might those be? Well, one today was doing this interview with you. (laughs) Um, I, we obviously published and posted our own podcast episode, which came out this morning that goes out to everyone. And then uh, the third thing is we'll be sending out uh, an email uh, today, later today, about my Align retreat. So, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, if I get all three of those things done, I'm happy. Your success. Yeah, it was a <laughs> successful day. 
That's fabulous. Well, I know we're getting close to the end of the um, show here, so I wanted to see if you have an offer that you would like to share with our listeners. Sure. Thanks, Candy. Um, so uh, if anyone would like to get access to the 33-page report for women entrepreneurs uh, that I talked about earlier, you can go to five, and that's the number five, five smart shifts.com that's five smart s h i f t s.com and you just enter your uh, name and email address and you'll get immediate access to that report uh, the other thing I'll just mention candy is we're we are um, having our sixth annual uh, align retreat for women business owners and entrepreneurs on February 5th and 6th in um, Santa Barbara California it's a two-day retreat at a really fabulous hotel in Santa Barbara. <clears throat> it's completely designed to help women get, get their year set up. That's why we always do it at the beginning of every year, to help you get set up, create your <clears throat> excuse me, create your a plan. We actually uh, help you create uh, your quarterly plan so you know what you're going to do first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, and fourth quarter of the year um, so that you leave with a real plan and no confusion about how to make uh, 2020, gosh, we're entering a new decade, uh, <laughs> the next decade, your best. So we're really excited about that. And you can learn about that at alignretreat.com. Perfect. And if anyone wants to find your page on Facebook or Instagram, what would be those handles? So on, I am always on Facebook and Instagram. Those are my two favorite places. Uh, and I'm just at Joy Chudikoff on both of those. And I also do an Instagram live on Instagram stories every Thursday morning at 7 a.m. Pacific time Perfect. Uh, where, where I do mm-hmm. you know, teaching for business. That's fabulous. And uh, thank you, Joy, so much for joining me today. And I want to thank you, the listener, for tuning in. I hope you found this topic interesting and that it answers some questions about how to become famous in your niche market. If you have any additional questions or comments, be sure to reach out to Joy at the link she shared, or you can send us a message at media at abandp.com. And please remember, you can connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn, and my website is www.abandp.com. Links can be found on my Voice America page. And if you need any bookkeeping or payroll services, please contact us at 310-534-5577. And remember to tune in each Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. If you can't join us for the live show, You can find the episode saved on the business channel, www.voiceamerica.com, or find the podcast posted on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Spotify. Until next time, have a great week. Thank you for listening to BizHelp for You. Please join your host, Candy Messer, again next Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a terrific week.